and five, four, three, two, one. All right, welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. And as we were discussing earlier, that name is still somewhat temporary. Um, we're just calling it that for the time being because that is the name of the YouTube channel, abbreviated, uh, that we're actually uploading this to for the time being. Figuring that eventually, as we go through these, kind of a theme or an idea will come out that just really, really suits it. But for the time being, that's what we're called. This is episode two of the complete podcast. We've done three test cases, one full episode now, which is up as of the time you're hearing this. Uh, would have gone up the Saturday before you hear this. And uh, yeah, welcome back. Yeah, honestly, the uh, the numbering system is, is a flipping night. <laughs> it is. That's something else that we need to work on, because right now I think yeah. episode one, two, and three are all test cases. Episode, the full first full episode was actually episode four, but then the segments are 4.1, 4.2, and 4.3. Yeah, the, the first three were like alpha, and now <laughs> we're in, wait, are we in full release now? I suppose we are. We are, full release, episode the first full, full release. release. We've, this is the second full release. Yep. Part one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or if you're listening to it on Saturday, just <laughs> the full episode two. Good God. Yeah, that's that's true. If you're listening to this on Monday, this is segment one of the second podcast. If you listen to this on Saturday, then this is the complete second podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so without us rambling on too much more in the intro, uh, I'm going to bring us right into uh, topics, our first segment. Um, and I have one that I actually, I, I thought it might like only take us a little bit, but I think we could actually go on for quite a bit with this topic. And that's, um, well, the, the original, initial idea I had with it was, um, with, with the advent of digital downloads for games and things like that, there's become this kind of expectation that it'll be patched on the first day. And right. it's kind of something that people have begun to expect because these games do take, you know, vast amounts of time, but there's recently be, been a a few cases of controversy because games are being patched not to fix glitches or to correct things but being patched to actually change the game and I'm not talking about like live service games like Overwatch or League or things those are expected to change on a regular basis but this is like single player games and they're modifying like bits of the story um, and things like that after the game has been released so there's definitely i think i see this more with uh, indie games uh where i've played through the game i think wow it was a great game they obviously need to fix some things but because there's only one person creating it and they want to keep creating new stuff they don't often spend the time to go back and fix the basic things that were broken because it's still playable, but they have to, de- to devote their man hours to, you know, adding new content because that's what the community is generally shouting for, as opposed to the smaller community who are getting kind of punked out of the the gameplay because of something that may be game breaking or may just be irritating mm. uh, to look at. I see what you're saying there. I see. I'm thinking like um, the the I I've the the thing that made me think of this 
Um, there was recently a bit of a, a controversy, and I won't go into what it actually was, uh, but with the release of Halo ODST, because they've released Master Chief Collection on PC, and they're releasing each game kind of in bits in chronological right. order. So What's ODST stand for? Uh, Orbital Drop Shock Troopers. It, they're, oh, they're essentially Marines from the Halo, Special Forces Marines from the Halo universe. Yeah. Um, so-called because they they drop in these individual pods from orbit to make landfall on a they're, planet. They're, they've got drop pods like from Warhammer. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So that game, they actually were removing content from the game because of some other controversy. Again, I don't want to get into it on the podcast, but that's what made me think of this because I could see why they removed the thing that they did, but it kind of opens the door. Like, what's to stop? So, like say um they re like i'm gonna use an example there's like a, a playstation 2 game say um and mm -hmm. you've downloaded it on the playstation network onto the playstation 4 and you're playing it on there you remember the old like single player experience but maybe they they don't like something that was done in the original game and e for either for creative reasons or cultural reasons they either remove it or alter it altogether changing dialogue, changing, like... Right, is this... So, is this controversy about someone getting offended? Yes. Okay, but, right. Oh, need to that, that, <laughs> that was the reason why I, I, I first started thinking about this. Um, but even from, like, a wider... Like, not just somebody getting offended, but it could be for creative reasons, too. Like, somebody has released this game, it's single-player, and the studio that made the game say 10 years down the line it's it's now digital content they don't sell the physical copies anymore they decide that they didn't like something they did creatively in the game 10 years ago and they decide to change it well now okay. the original version of the game is no longer available and that's something that i didn't like the idea of right yeah well they can't really put out two different versions of the game one being like ah have you downloaded the snowflake edition or the <laughs> classic uh, yeah. I mean, okay, I don't know what the problem is, so that could be very mean, and I apologize. No, 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 but, that's that's perfectly... But that's that's reasonable, that was where my mind was going. Um, yeah, no, it's... They have to appeal to the... I mean, the the people who... Such as yourself, who were not offended by it, mm. would not are not particularly offended by the fact that... that it, something has been taken out of the game, it's just a... a it's a very political view, and we shouldn't go into politics on this, but... Yeah, it, they're, they're just appealing to the mass crowds. Right, and, but my... They don't want to get sued. My problem with it is, like, there's a lot of old games that I own physical copies of that I really, really like. You know, the, the, the story, the gameplay, you know, what have you. Yeah. Like, warts and all. But mm -hmm. what if, like, in the future... And it doesn't have to be because someone got offended. It doesn't have to be for political reasons. It could be just... There's a... They, they make a creative decision when they re-release the game that they want to do it differently. So now, unless you own that original physical copy, there is no way for you to play the game as it originally was. You just have to play through this new experience. Um, and I, I kind of thought about... Yeah. It, Oh, you've got the original hard copy, so you can play it through anyway, can't you? Well, not this game. Well, yeah, yeah. If we're talking about Halo specifically, yeah. But I'm looking yeah. at my Steam library. There's tons of games on there that physical copies don't even exist necessarily. 
and right. so it's kind of at the Steam has the ability to go back to previous patches, which is nice. Um, mm. But you can't do that on, say, the Xbox or the PlayStation. Yeah. So if you have these digital copies, and that that was where my mind started with this idea. But then I, I started thinking, well, the same could technically be true for movies too, because more and more people aren't buying physical copies of movies, DVDs. No. They're buying digital copies on, um, like Amazon, or they're watching them on Netflix, or they're downloading them off you know whatever Disney's platform is. Everybody has their own streaming platform now. Yeah. But in theory, the same thing could happen there. And it again, it doesn't have to be for somebody getting offended. It could be a creative decision. Like Disney releases a new animated, you know, one of their musical kind Ooh. of movies, right? Yeah. And then. For they um for whatever reason five years down the line they're like yeah we didn't like this scene so they, they do a new cut of it and the old one just doesn't exist anymore and see so right my my problem is and maybe this is this is something that's kind of only a concern for me i i like seeing like if i've had like i'm a chronic rewatcher and rereader and replayer like i go back to old movies games and books all the time and um, I, I think it, it annoys me, it worries me that that original experience that I like going back and re-experiencing just might be gone at the whim of somebody like that's outside my control. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it does sometimes worry me a bit how some companies obviously take things harder than others. Like... Uh, a company might take something down because they think it's not PC enough, but then look at freaking Game of Thrones. <laughs> I haven't they actually have... watched the series. No, no, but like you've seen the first series, haven't you? Uh, I saw, I saw the first two episodes, but I've read the all through all of the books several times. Right. Yeah, but the the things they get away with on that, like surely that means oh. that we should be kind of pushing the boundaries, not drawing them back in. But that's that's um, HBO. Like HBO, if. If an HBO series doesn't have gratuitous like nudity and violence, then it's not HBO. Right. Okay. I don't really know what goes on on HBO because I'll see over here. Um, but yeah, what you were saying earlier about um, everything being bought online. Mm. The city I live in used to have like two or three game shops. Game is the uh, the big computer game industry in this country. Yeah. Um. And just recently, I think the last one's just disappeared now. Uh, because no one buys physical games anymore. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm that. I'm that one exception because I do. I if I can. Yeah. So if I can, I always buy a physical copy because. And the reason I do that is because of this. This is kind of where I'm. I'm leading to with this topic, is that when you buy a digital copy. Unless it's DRM free, you don't actually own it. Like it's it's essentially just leased to you because if right. like so I I own that that movie we've been trying to watch forever on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, passengers. Well, you can't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We can't watch it because fuck you, Amazon. You still black out your screen if you try to like watch a movie with friends. Um, still waiting on that Netflix sponsorship, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Come on, Netflix. Hit us up. <laughs> uh, but essentially, if Am I own that, that movie Passengers on there, like I actually bought the digital edition. 
But if Amazon's servers ever shut down, I know it doesn't really seem that likely. They're you know a multi-billion-dollar company. But if they ever, yeah. sh- if their servers ever shut down, if they decide, yeah, we're shuttering the the Prime service because it just doesn't make us money anymore, all of that's gone. Like you, you just don't have that movie anymore. Mm. So I'm essentially leasing it, with the only security being that Amazon is promising they'll be around for the rest of my life to for me to keep watching it. Yeah, it's a bit... You don't really want to be relying on others, but... Yeah. I kind of... It's the same thing with Steam. Like, you've bought the games on there. They're all digital. But if Steam oh, ever okay. shuts its doors... Very many games. Yeah. If Steam yeah. ever shuts its doors, you don't have those games anymore. Yeah, that, that is a worrying thought. But at the same time, it's so big. It's one of those things where you're like... It can't... The Titanic, it can't sink. Yeah, it's too big to fail. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a slight worry. But at the same time, if I lost all my games tomorrow, yes, it would be disheartening. Yes, I would lose essentially a lot of money. But at the same time, these games I've had for like over five years... Um, and I've kind of had my enjoyment of them. So if I did lose yeah. them tomorrow, I w- I'd be upset. I would not be in tears, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I'm kind of at the same spot where, like, if I think about how I would actually react, I would be very angry and very upset at the, at the onset. But then after, like, a few minutes, I'd be like, well, I guess I'll just go outside and enjoy the sunshine. And I have... Are you kidding me? I'll just be like, right, next... Platform to buy games from. <laughs> I well, if it if it ever actually happened to Steam, I think I would swear off buying digital games in general, or be extremely right. cautious about it from that point on. Um, that's why yeah, I just wait for the free games from uh, from Epic Games instead. Yeah, they they've been. I'm kind of curious what the hell their business model is because they've been right. giving away some brand new like high tier games. When that stuff starts to happen, I get suspicious. <laughs> like, what are, what are you planning, they... Epic? Do they do Ubisoft games? Is that no? You played this Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah, they've got their What's own platform. The... Epic Games have some big franchise, don't they? Supporting them? Mm. Or am I wrong? I they, I mean, they they're the ones that make Fortnite. Right. Yeah. Oh, the the big fight between. Um, oh yeah, between Fortnite it. and Apple. Actually, you know what? That's have we talked a... about this before. No, we haven't. I think we let's let's transition into that because I think we've exhausted this topic. Just one last uh, point on that. Um, shout out to because we were talking about it earlier uh, with with Jesse is the uh, GOG good old good old games grand old games whatever the hell they're called they mm-hmm. um, they are one of the only platforms that when you buy games on their site it's excuse me mostly it's DRM free which digital rights management for anyone that doesn't know that acronym so if you buy a digital copy there as long as you have the files of that game you you can essentially even if their site goes down tomorrow if you have the files for that game you can put it on any computer that you own so you don't need their servers to play the games and i love that so shout out to them because they're actually they're they're doing things pretty well uh of the the platforms out there just took a look at the actual website Mm. and it's got a bunch of stuff saying 90 percent off and Mm -hmm. it looks like it's got the witcher 90% 90% off, which is very surprising. I'm confused. They, it's actually owned by the people who make the Witcher games, I'm pretty sure. 
Um, right. Because they're the ones making uh, Cyberpunk 20, or 2077, that, that new game I'm excited about. Um, right. And they kind of put out just... I can't remember, it was on their, their Twitter or their website or something, and they're like, hey, if you buy it on GOG, if enough people pre-order it on GOG and pay up front, it's, it's DRM-free. If you enough people do it, we'll add even more bonuses to the game, like the, like legit new feature. Like Essentially, they were treating it like a Kickstarter, and a bunch of people mm. did, and they added in stuff to the game. Um, I really like that, that company. Uh, what the hell are they called? Red something? The people who... Look it up. People who make The Witcher... Um, right, but yeah, the last that that was the last point I wanted to say on this topic. But then we can we can move into what you were you were just saying there. What was I saying again? <laughs> we were talking about the thing between Epic and oh, Epic, Apple Epic, and yes. Epic. Yeah. Apple and Epic games. I I don't I've heard briefly about it. Something about um, uh, Fortnite screwed over Apple, and so no, they they started like yeah. Getting, hates Apple stuff in their game. It's it was, so it go it dates back for, I've been following this since it, it started um, because whenever these um, I don't know slug matches between big companies happen they're usually pretty entertaining. So what yeah. happened was uh, Epic had their application uh, which allowed for purchases, like in-game purchases for Fortnite and a few of their other games hosted on the Google Play Store and on Apple. And when people make purchases for their games on those sites, uh, Apple or Google gets a cut of the money. So, say somebody buys like I don't know what the fuck the currency is called in that, but you know they buy a thousand points of Fortnite bucks, whatever the hell they are. Yeah. And it costs them ten dollars. That means Apple or Google, whoever owns it, um, whatever platform it is, gets three dollars, and the rest goes to Epic. Now, Epic decided to be a little bit cheeky and put a link in their app that goes not to one of their payment processors but a third party payment processor that gave epic a bigger cut and you would get right. like bonus a bonus amount of you know whatever the in-game currency is so yeah you epic would get more money and the players liked it because they would get a lower price yeah, yeah. yeah so say you get the a thousand but now it's nine dollars but epic gets eight instead of seven um Apple didn't like this, uh, so they banned all of Epic's content from the iTunes or the iStore, whatever the hell it's called. And Epic then responded by putting essentially like propaganda videos <laughs> in Fortnite, just trashing Apple. Um, they they even like did a tournament where they were giving away like products for Apple's competitors for grand prizes and giving away skins uh, as runner-up prizes. That were just like you oh. know mocking Apple. Um, wow! And I think at the they same time, had like a rotten Apple costume that you could wear. <laughs> it's something like that, actually. I can't remember what it was oh, called. God. It was like the sad Apple skin or something, or bad Apple skin. I think that's what it was yeah. called. Oh, or just Steve Jobs the polar neck look. I think that might go a little bit too far, though, because the guy's dead. Oh well, well I mean, yeah, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> But, he, he is the front runner. He is what represents Apple. Yeah. Anyway, so there's there's been a, kind of a row going on between them, lawsuits, and um, they also had I, I believe Microsoft kind of chimed in in an official capacity and kind of endorsed Epic's side of the argument, and I'm not really sure mm. why. But anyway, it's been just an absolute 
you you've watched um uh this is going to sound like a non sequitur believe me it, it fits you've watched like monty python right the uh, yep. uh flying circus there's a no, scene... not that one. Not okay that one. well it's it's a show there's yeah. a uh, skit that they do in it where they say they're going to reenact some kind of historical event and every single time it's just a bunch of old ladies slapping each other with handbags in the mud Right. Every single historical event, they say they're going. So, the reason I'm bringing that up is that is essentially what this this is turned into. You've got Google yeah, and Apple Epic, on one like... side against Epic, and now Microsoft is chiming in and kind of on Epic's side. Yeah. So I guess they're getting uh, more business now that Apple's out. I think. Enemies. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Microsoft is just taking the opportunity to give some pot shots at Apple. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft and Apple are kind of like America and Russia during the Cold War. <laughs> They're can... fighting through other little countries. <laughs> That's actually, yeah, it's a bunch of proxy wars. Yeah, just trying to spread communism. Or... Yes, communism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um... <laughs> the, yeah the, it's, it's always interesting when something like this happens because... In a sense, there, there's kind of a messed up element because, in a sense, Epic is propagandizing and bribing children. Mm. But at the same time, um, those those stores tend to have like, I mean, it's a thirty percent sounds like a big cut, but I'm pretty sure it's the industry standard for how much like those payment processors take off the top. Right. Um, I think that's, I mean, I'm pretty sure Steam takes more than that when people sell games on their site, uh, I think. I have no idea. I didn't, I, I'm, I'm a blind fool to these things. I just see a good deal and I go for it. The, uh, yeah, the, the, the financing and uh, um, economic element to all of this is something that I, I find personally fascinating. I always like reading into it. Mm. But, I feel like if we get into that here, we're just going to bore everyone that's listening. Um, <laughs> so that's that's yeah. really the top... returning to the whole. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say return to the whole downloading thing there. Mm. One thing that I do, well, it's kind of it's a boon and a curse. So um, with these Steam games, are not um, not all of them are released as a hard copy. There's it feels like a gamble every time you buy a game of whether the company that made it are going to continue working on it or go to a new project. Yeah, that's, that's... No, go on, go on. on. Okay, I was going to say the, the that classic one that we've played quite a bit, um, Slay the Spire. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a lot more progress on that done a lot quicker. And I ended up waiting so long that when they did come out with more stuff for it, it just didn't interest me anymore. It'd been too long. And... Yeah, but then other games that... Uh, in fact, indie games, uh, again, i got to bring them up, with very much smaller groups of people who have released a lot more a lot sooner. Whether that's because it's possibly, like, less art and things that have gone into it, mm. or if it's because of multiplayer functionality takes a lot longer to implement but I mean how long did we wait for Golf With Your Friends to have um, <laughs> the letter? yeah 
we waited literally years for that to come out, and by the time it did, we were so done with the early cycles. Yeah, for for those that um, don't know, listening, golf with your friends is a mini golf like PC game, and we played the hell out of it when it first came out. Um, yeah, but the content coming out for it because so Steam has this uh, thing you know called you know early release, and typically it's it's a game that's still in development, but they allow it's finished enough that Steam allows it to be put on their store. So as a way for the developer to gather money and continue funding the progress in the game. But what Blue's saying here, there's yeah, there's there's a varying degree of progress that gets made. Some like golf with your friends, they they have this big plan, but then the content gets kind of drip fed out instead mm-hmm. of it coming at a steady rate. And some some games make good progress and some games do that. Yeah, and they said like not long after it was released that there was level edits coming soon. And that's what they gave us hope. Yeah. yeah. And then they tore it away from us, as opposed to just not mentioning it and saying, no, 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 yes, we're now going to come out with it. That that would have been better. That actually reminds me, um, so League of Legends, right, there's a, it's ever since the very, I think it was the second season of the game, uh, mm-hmm. which would have been 2011 or so, they were promising a, um, a replay feature, and it didn't come out for like, an, they were like, oh yeah, it's going to be coming soon. And it didn't come out for like another four or five years. It may have actually been longer than that. Um, right. But it, it took quite a long time for it to actually show up. And that that's, again, it's not an indie game, which gives them less of an excuse. Um, at least the indie developers can say, well, we only have three people working on this thing. And, you know, they have day jobs or something like that. They can go, okay, yeah. it's, it's maybe forgivable, but, but this is a big studio. Yeah, the um, I think uh, a company has just done that uh, fairly recently is is um, Rainbow Six Siege. They've now got a uh, if you see any of the competitive games nowadays, there's like a top down view of the building where the roof is obviously vanished, oh. and you can see everyone walking around and it looks really cool. That is actually really cool. I didn't realize they'd added that. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I just dreamed it. But I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> pretty sure that's the case. Um, <laughs> Fact check us here. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you can report people posthumously through that feature because I think. Oh yeah, you, you, you're saying cheat on that. I, I, I mean, they do a pretty good job, like preventing people from hacking and cheating in that game. It seems like. Yeah, I, I can't now. I think about it, I can't generally. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I have seen the odd cheat, but as a rule. I've seen more cheats in Fall Guys, which I've only been playing for about a week now, <laughs> than I've ever seen in Rainbow Six Siege, uh, which I've been playing for years. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It's just I, I can't go back to how petty do you have to be to cheat at Fall Guys? Oh, yeah, that's right. So this is like only just happened like an hour ago. Um, obviously you were there, Kaiser, and yeah. we were like midway through a game. I was playing the football one where you have to kick it in the other person's goal. I suddenly realized that not just one, but two of my team of five were flying. <laughs> and really obviously. At least uh, if you're going to cheat, be a little more subtle about it. And so I was just like, you know what? Heck no. Went on to the other team, tried to get own goals. That, there's no reporting system. 
Uh, I'm aggravated by that game right now. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to raise my voice. And again, but just I, I feel like I, I have to do this because I keep forgetting. Like we know what these things are, but not everyone listening necessarily does. Fall Guys yeah. being a very new, like I think like a a party kind of game where there's a bunch of little mini games. You play as this tiny little wobbling figure who is constantly getting knocked over and can jump and dive, and that's about it. And so it yeah. has all these. Think of Mario Party without the board so it's just mini games and instead of a recognizable character like mario you're just a bean yeah that's true um, a bean very colorful great for kids yeah, yeah a bean with a bunch of uh, random optional hats and pants yeah anyway so uh, they have a sombrero i would love a sombrero there that. probably Sorry. is a sombrero um i'm so we're we're coming up on the end of this segment i just want to bring it back to the original topic for one last point because we talked about mostly about games a bit about movies and this whole like digital download thing but i think one other thing that maybe is kind of neglected today is uh books i mean mm. kindle and audible basically have very close to a monopoly on the digital book and audiobook market so yeah. if for whatever reason amazon decides you know we don't want this book on our platform or this book needs to be, you know, edited in such and such a way to be I'd on our be platform. I'd be surprised if they ever did that, though. Because they have. You've seen some of the books that are on there. They have actually done it. Really? What? What? Like the Communist I... Manifesto or something? <laughs> no, no, that's on there. Um, <laughs> well, that's okay then. <laughs> yeah. No, they they like that guy. No, but if you go back to, um, I, I can't remember this. This was back in 2018 or 2017, so I don't remember what book it was. Um, but there was this big controversy because there was a, it was a politician in Europe had put up a book and he had some, let's say, questionable politics. But at least this is the, maybe it's because it was Europe and not the U.S. But like the guy has a right to you know put up whatever he wants. He wants to write a book. He can write a book. Go for it. And the idea of in the same way as uh Steam and Disney or Netflix or Amazon making kind of unilateral decisions to have or not have certain movies or games or whatever go up there or have some level of control over you know what's in those movies or games. Yeah. It, it it's worrying that you have something like Amazon which has that ability to kind of essentially just come down from the mountain on high and say you will not put your book on our platform. It, yeah, it's 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 not technically a violation of anything um, because you know there are other platforms, but they have sort of a soft monopoly. Um, yeah, it's always like, do you like to take it to an extreme? If the KKK would put a book on Audible. Mm. I could understand why people would want it taken down. Right. If you take that down, you've got to take a whole bunch of other things down. Right. There's a lot of... And you have to decide where the line is. Exactly. And if you go back to, like... If you go back far enough, there are definitely historical books that are, you know, have reprehensible content. But you really... If if you don't like it being on the platform, you know, just give it a, give it, give it a one-star review. Don't buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they they, they have oh. so I sound frustrated, but at the time it was gosh darn hilarious. I lost my ass off 
<laughs> they have like romance novels, right? Oh yeah. Where it's like dinosaur romance. And I'm like <laughs> What? <laughs> like I was told I was watching a YouTube video and someone was like, Look at this weird shit that you can get on Audible and I was like, That can't be real. Oh There's God. Series upon series upon series of like dinosaur romance, werewolf romance. I can understand a bit more because of like Twilight and stuff. It's still weird to me. Oh my and, god! Like what? And they're, they're, they're really like, you know what I mean by a B movie, right? I do, I do, yeah. Yeah, so they're like funny dinosaur pun romance novels with B movie kind of images on the front, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh, Why man. is this up here when some classic books I've wanted aren't listened to yeah. aren't, yeah. Um so I I'm wondering if that's I don't know how a book gets put up on here. Does it have to be the original writer that goes to Audible and says I want my book up here or is it Oh my god. I don't know. I, I assume so. I, I just got a uh an idea for a future segment three. Based on dinosaur romance, I hope not. I'm thinking maybe we <laughs> we both uh, listen to a segment of some really shitty audiobook. Oh my god! And yeah, then talk okay. about that it. Fun. Doesn't necessarily have to be dinosaur romance, but something that neither yeah. of us would ever normally listen to. Well, I'm sure we'll hear some opinions from this anyway. So oh, if yeah. anyone does have an opinion, then they uh, around us, then yeah, give out. All right, so. Let's let's wrap up the first segment there. We're actually close mm. to our target time here. We're at thirty three minutes. Um, but yeah, so oh, that's like the closest we've ever come. I know. Normally, time. normally we look and it's like, holy crap, we're at forty minutes and we weren't yep. even thinking about it. Now we just have to STFU and get out. Yeah. So uh, just to do a quick outro, um, thank you for listening. If you're listening on Monday, this is going to be segment one, and this will be where the podcast ends. But if you're listening on Saturday, then there'll be a brief intermission, and you'll hear us once again. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll either see you in a few days or in a few minutes. And we are back. Welcome to segment two of the TMCJ podcast, where we talk about media. Uh, media meaning books, movies, games, and you know, we haven't talked about it yet, but potentially even music. Uh, if you are listening to this during the week, it is either a Wednesday, a Thursday, or a Friday, because this will be released on Wednesday. But if you're listening to the full pad podcast that is released on Saturday then you will have just heard us moments ago uh, finishing up our discussion about topics. Um, yeah, so with that, I think the very first thing we should talk about is a movie that we just saw recently, although it is an older movie, is uh, Blues Brothers. Yep. Um, it was my choice this... Well, I say this week. We cut into two because it was uh, the extended cut on Netflix, wasn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, it was something like two and a half hours long. Yeah. <laughs> Normally it's uh, significantly shorter. Um, I think more succinct. I think shorter. I kind of prefer the abridged version of films quite often. Yeah. I mean, so... um, with... go on, go on. Go on. Okay. I was just going to say, with, with books, I generally prefer the unabridged. Mm -hmm. I like to hear 
absolutely everything, but with movies, I think Abridged is better. I'm I'm kind of mostly on the same line. Um, I think it depends. Books, I agree with you, 100%. Especially audiobooks, I'm always trying to make sure it isn't the abridged audiobook, because I want to hear the whole thing. I want to mm. read the whole story. But with movies, I think, yeah, sometimes it does uh, kind of tend to drag a little bit. Things were cut for a reason. Because yeah, um, with a movie, you're trying to finish it all in one sitting, generally. Whereas with a book, you come, could come back to it ten times. Yeah. Um, yeah, and but then there are other things. There's a uh, TV show that I saw recently, which I do want to talk about a little bit later, but I don't want to jump into it now because I want to talk about Blues Brothers first. Mm. But the first episode is split into three parts in the initial release, uh, but they, with the Blu-ray, they released the first episode as one continuous like movie, essentially, but with extended scenes. And I feel like the scenes that they cut out, that they added back in in that extended cut actually did a lot to add to character development and to you know furthering like the plot um sorry with what the extended cut of oh i, I i'm not I, i'll bring it up in a little bit i, I said i wanted to oh, talk okay, it's a tv right. show <laughs> i want to talk about it after we we talk about blues brothers gotcha. um yeah so blues brothers um I, yeah, um, yeah. What what are your what are your thoughts on the movie? You've obviously seen it before. So I saw it when I was very young. My uh, my dad was a big fan of it, and we had the, the cassette player for the car. Um, had all the songs on it. <laughs> uh, I, I've kind of always liked blues generally as well, but I think it was a big part of the reason that I liked blues growing up was because they 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 went. 100% on like every scene as in they, they put in they certainly put in the money mm. I thought the acting was really good and it's just a it's just a cool movie like I mean growing up I was like ah I'm so like Elwood in this yeah there's a uh, uh, they, they definitely had the money on the table for like 1980 they had an all-star cast yeah god um well, just I was thinking like they got Dan Aykroyd. There, there was there were two there were several scenes in the movie where like I um I'm watching through and I'm like there there was a guy who owned a a blind guy that owned like a music shop and it was called Ray's you know instruments or something like that. And I'm like that guy looks a lot like Ray Charles and it actually was Ray Charles. I got Ray Charles in the movie. And there was the, the that woman in the diner uh, Aretha Franklin. Aretha, yeah, exactly. She. And it actually was her. I was like, I know that song, and she looks kind of like her. And then, uh, nope, it was actually her. Yeah, yeah. That that that's probably my favorite scene. The um, song in the the Soul Cafe. Yeah. Um, and also the lead up to it, the whole, I want a slice of bread, <laughs> with nothing on it, and three roast chickens. Was it three roast? Chickens? It was four roast. It was four fried chi- four whole fried oh. chickens. And a Coke. And a Coke. <laughs> yeah. Would have been funnier if it was um, a Diet Coke. Um, if you think... God, no. Get out of here. This was like... I know. Uh, before Diet Coke, maybe? I don't know. When did Diet Coke came out? That is a came good out? question. Wow. Talk about the movie um, for a second. I'll actually look it up. Okay, yeah. The um, As I told Kaiser beforehand, before we watched the movie, uh... 
as far as I'm concerned, there is no second movie to it, and <laughs> anyone who's seen the second film will understand what I mean by that. It is... Uh, it's bad. They, they redo a lot of the exact same scenes. Like the, the diner scene, for example. The one that we were just talking about. Yeah. In the uh, Blues Brothers 2000, which only has one of the Blues Brothers for a yeah. start. Because as we and, found um, out, the other one died like three years after the movie. Yeah, after the first movie. Um, but yeah, the, the diner scene, they have to get him again back into the band, right? And so he's with his wife still, except they own a car dealership. And they might have even done the exact same song as in the diner. It was so lazily done. Um, and it didn't even have, like, the whole... So they were in a, the, the, a very... Oh, how can I say this without sounding... Uh, just, just they were lay it out. Go for it. Soul Cafe originally, which mm. is like that's all about the music. It's all about soul music, soul food. It kind of goes together. Yeah. Now they work in a car dealership. Ah, um, yes, the soul car dealership. The least soul kind of stuff to it. Like it's so polished and you know fancy. It's like why, even if you love playing the music, why would you? leave that kind of thing yeah, um, the soul cafe was homely it was a good part of the story because they were going it was like I don't want to say rags to riches because they weren't getting rich it was no. enjoying his life but that was just one of the many things that just did not work but it like it it, it, it tr well how, how do I put this it like contributed to the jazz atmosphere the the blues atmosphere because you had the the band out on the street the kids playing around you know out in the street there was like a block party going on and then they go down into the diner and you can still hear kind of the muted sounds of all the festivities out in the street it really had that like that atmosphere with it it contributes to like that that blues feel but yeah you you can't really that that atmosphere does not scream car dealership. <laughs> no, no, it really doesn't. Um, uh, I did look this up, by the way. Diet, you were right. Diet Coke came out in 1982. Right. So, so when was the, the movie? Brothers the movie released? was 1980. So two years after this oh, movie, man. Diet Coke came out. God damn it! Yeah, no. Uh, Diet Coke. Please. <laughs> it's it's a it's an old joke and I can't remember what it what it's from. Like it it's an old uh an old joke from I I, I know it from a TV show that came out in the 90s, but I think it actually uh it may predate that or it may come from something else, but you know, people will sit down and they'll right. get like, you know, I'll have a, you know, a, a steak, you know, medium rare, potato, vegetables, fries, Oh, and a Diet Coke, and people look yeah, at the person. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with you? And then they're like, "I like the taste like better." Really fatty, and then yeah. oh yeah, oh my god, I don't understand. Right, and then god, you don't get on Coke now. <laughs> I was a uh, die-hard Coke fan for so many years. Only very recently that I've kind of got. I'll have the odd glass of Coke, but I can't drink more than like one glass because it just dries my mouth out now, and it just doesn't taste the same. Are we are we already but, on the, the dieting segment of the podcast? <laughs> okay, you know it's a, it's a it's gonna be a rant from me because I had to stop and audibly breathe in. <laughs> uh, the 
people that say that Diet Coke tastes better than Coke. I, I don't understand that. And also, if you're going to have a Coke, you're having something, a treat. Coke is a treat. It's not something you have like water. So, if you're going to have a treat, treat yourself. Don't half ass it and then go, oh, it was only a Diet Coke. And I can also afford to have a burger as well then. That's so much worse. Yeah. It's like, uh, that's my view on that. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I think, I'm not sure if they still do it. I, for a while, McDonald's stopped serving salads because that, that's not their customer base. If people wanted to eat healthy, they wouldn't be going to fucking McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, we've we've kind of strayed from media here. Yes, sorry. Um, but pull back. No, no. <laughs> I, I, it's fine. The the rant was, you know, it was it was related, and plus it was funny. So I let you, I let you go. <laughs> but um, I just did one one other thought that, and I know I expressed this after we saw the movie, but one thing that really struck me at the end was just how big their like prop budget was because they destroy yeah. something like. 30 cars they demolish yeah. the front door to a building in chicago they they have like all of these explosions and things getting blown apart they're destroying parts mm. of like the street the budget they must have like, had the, there's you can kind of divide the film because after that big the, their big performance where they get the money yeah from uh, the moment that's finished the end of the film it's like a different film that's uh, actually that's a good point yeah and it, it does become a lot more... Don't get me wrong. It must have been pretty expensive than driving, like, the camper van and stuff into a lake. Yeah. And I'm assuming you have to fish that out as well, because they can't just leave a camper van on the lake. I don't know. There's a bookcase outside of my window sunken in the canal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it was the 80s. Legally. <laughs> um, I mean, is it is it illegal to... I, I suppose it's. it's I, I honestly, I, it's... I honest, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm, I'm fairly certain that it would be it illegal be. to just leave it there. Um, I don't know that for a fact, though. I'm, it was the old days. No, I'm sure I, lo I love how that. you can justify that, though. It's like, yeah, it was the '80s. Yeah, they didn't have diet coke. Though. It's fine. <laughs> there was no diet coke yet. People were just a little bit more open. Like, yeah, just leave the camper van Sensible. sunk in the lake. <laughs> Yeah, oh. uh, but like the number of police cars, they, I think, I, I, I've heard about it before because it's one of those stats that gets brought up quite often when the film is mentioned. Hmm. Uh, and I think they just went to all these like police auctions where obviously the car, they, they didn't, the police didn't need the cars anymore, so they were just selling them off super cheap. Yeah. Um, and, typically... and even the, the Dodge sedan that they ride around in, the, the Bluesmobile, hmm. is, um, is an ex-cop car, so I'm guessing at some point someone was just like saw the a golden opportunity of like a hundred cop cars on and, sale for ten percent. Like, yeah, there was some police department out there that made out like bandits that day. Yeah, and there were so many different kinds of like there were sheriff's vehicles and. Well, at the, I was saying that at the people. end, like in the 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 kind of penultimate scene of the movie, they've mm. got like army jeeps they've got police yep. cars they've got swap vans yep. they've got helicopters they like, had tanks they had tanks yeah they had light <laughs> tanks in the middle of chicago like, how did they get like they would have had to cordon off so much because obviously all the all the car chases and mm. things 
Um, they've had cordon off streets and highways because there was some like dual carriageways. Weren't Wait, do you have dual carriageways over there? What do you call them? Highways. Highways, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's not like the motorway. I don't know. I don't know enough about. So we so there. There's there's highways. I don't know what actually. I'm not sure what where the distinction starts. But typically in the U.S., when you're talking about a highway, you're talking about some kind of a divide between two roads going in opposite directions, like multi-lane. Yeah. But I, when you say when, when you say a motorway, I think you're talking about um, there's not really a divide. There's just a line down the middle, and the cars are going in opposite yeah. directions, but they're high speed. Yeah. When I had a, a motorbike, I was on provisional license. Mm. Um, I was allowed on dual carriageways, which is like two lanes going in one direction, two lanes going in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously there was a divide down the middle. I wasn't allowed on highway, um, on motorways, sorry. Okay. Um, whereas I think that's three lanes. I, I may have it reversed. So there's there's really no rhyme or reason to how many lanes there are in the U.S. Um, pretty much mm. both of those things are called highways here. Um, okay. It's just there are the, the bigger highways... Um, oh no, there is a distinction. So the bigger highways, the ones you're talking about that you weren't allowed on, um, technically those are called interstates, like these yeah. giant highways that actually run between states. They have like there's literally either a giant like opening with grass in the middle between the two opposite directions of traffic, and um, or there's some kind of a like a concrete barricade. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. That's so th- this has become now we're we're now. <laughs> We're educating our audience now on the differences between uh, driving laws yeah. in the U.S. and the U.K. Well, there's so many different, so many slight differences between the U.K. and America. Yeah, I know. I've driven over there. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, you don't. It's it's a lot more dangerous. You say because <laughs> the roads are so yeah, the thin. roads. Well, okay. So in my case, it was a problem because they gave me such a fucking massive car. <laughs> no, you went out to get a massive car. You cannot blame that man. <laughs> they offered. <laughs> you, like, I remember you coming a call at one point and saying like they've given me this like massive car but mm, I might soup it up to the next level just, for the, no, just so that I could ride in your words a tank around the streets of, of the UK yep yeah <laughs> uh, yeah uh, that was so just yeah a little uh, maybe I'll tell that story later in the third segment but um <laughs> So, but to, to bring it back to this, yeah, the, so they destroyed a ton of cars, and they, they were older cars. I think at one point they say it was a 1964 sedan, and this movie was shot in 1980, so it was yeah. it was like a 16-year-old car. So they were destroying older cars, but still, they destroyed a lot of them. And the freaking shopping mall. I don't know if you forgot about that one. Um, is it? This was at the beginning of the movie, right? This is, yeah, the first half. It was yeah. like literally where we cut afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I, they I remember. They went through... And like smashed up an entire shopping mall. Well, they um, they blew up a building with, right, with all the bricks. Yeah. Uh, fucking Princess Leia shoots him with a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, and later on she like, I said, I, I, maybe they, I don't think that when, when she was using the C four, I don't think they actually showed the building exploding in that case. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think back on it now. Do they actually show the whole building exploding, or is so I it think just like they just cut? showed the picture of like rubble and stuff falling, but no actual like buildings or the train around it, and then they're climbing up out of the rubble. Yeah, out of the rubble afterwards. And they look like real bricks as well. I mean, I could be wrong. 
it didn't look like foam. That was the thing. It looked like they actually no. had piled bricks on top of them. Like, yeah, they piled, like, this this horrible building dust, I guess asbestos, and bricks on top of the actors. And then the actors were like, right, you've got to wait there for 15 seconds while the other two fuck off, and then you can stand up. Yeah. Well, you can tell, like, when Damn. they... Like they, I, that's one thing that I like about older movies, specifically in that kind of that early '80s kind of time frame, or even before that, because they had to be creative. They didn't have CGI. They didn't have all these special effects. They had to be mm. creative with like how they. And sometimes they had to make compromises like that. We're gonna pile real bricks on you. Yeah. <laughs> um. It, and oh, I was just thinking of something uh, about that about that scene with the the rocket launcher and stuff. Um, yeah. No, I, I I lost it. Maybe I'll think of it again in a little bit. But that was probably my least favorite part. Of it. Sorry, I interrupted. Oh, I was just gonna say that was my least part, favorite part of the film. Oh, I remembered it. My my favorite part of the film, um, and it was kind of a, a recurring theme, was whenever they they were confronted by somebody telling them that they're they were on like a fool's errand that they were being you know idiots or something like that. Dan Aykroyd would just like turn to the person. <laughs> We're on a mission from Gad. Yeah, <laughs> that just gets you past anything. Every just every time, oh like when they're in the diner and she, he, you're not taking him out on some fucking fool's errand. He's not going on the road again. He'd be like, "Ma'am, we're on a mission from Gad." <laughs> just, yeah. just every time, and it made me laugh every time he did it. And the the the. There's so many quotes, but yeah, the, the when they're trying to find out where the initial where Murph and the magic stones are, they go up to that lady's house and she's like, "Oh, oh, do come in," and she's like, "Are, are, are you, you with the FBI?" No, no we're, mu we're musicians. Yes, no, ma'am, we're musicians. <laughs> that that's another one that made me laugh. Oh, and then when they go to the the fancy restaurant and like the peep the person's getting offended behind him and they're trying to convince mm. the guy to come with him, he just goes around, puts, like, his arm around the guy's shoulder and in, like, a fake Russian accent. I want to buy your daughters! How much to buy your children? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I could quote that film all day. Have you got another media? I, I don't know. I'm having fun talking about this one. But, yeah, let's... Uh, let's uh, so this doesn't just become, uh, let's, let's quote a movie for t 25 minutes. Let's go on to something else. Mm. Um, so... Are you you're familiar? Are you familiar with the uh, Stargate TV shows? Uh, no, I know bits and bobs about the lore because it's featured in other games and stuff. Where it's like okay through gates and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it was a movie in nineteen ninety. This is the history, real quick. It was a movie in nineteen ninety four, and okay. um, it was a it was a decent sci fi movie. In 1997, they adapted it to a TV show called Stargate SG-1, and it went for 10 seasons. Like, it was a pretty right. popular sci-fi show. Um, they had a spin-off series called Stargate Atlantis, which went for five Is seasons. that the one where they were never sure whether... There's, like, doppelganger aliens or something. Um, or just, yeah, thing I don't wrong. think there were doppelganger aliens. The, the theme in the first show were there were these parasitic aliens called uh, Goulds, and they would essentially infiltrate somebody's brain and then control them and like take them okay. as a host. Okay. Um so that I, think, I don't know. Yeah, so that 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 was the first season. There there were other aliens that showed up in the later series. And they they end up with different Oh, there were doppelganger things in the later seasons. These uh replicator like machine aliens 
that could like make themselves look like humans um but anyway so that that was that series then there was a spinoff stargate atlantis and there was a second spinoff that came out later which is my personal favorite like the original one is really good it's a classic if you like sci-fi series it's a must watch um but they came out the third spin-off series, which only went for two seasons, uh, Stargate Universe. It's it's a series that I've watched the first season. This is what I was talking about earlier when I said the first episode on the Blu-ray. Um, mm. It was a three-parter, and they released an extended cut on the Blu-ray that had the complete first episode. I forgot to mute Discord again. There's going to be a bunch of beeps right there on the record. <laughs> I just, I, Everyone, quick, crack your Discord for messages. I forget... <laughs> every single time it's muted now um anyway so (laughs) the extended cut actually goes through and it adds extra content because so the theme of stargate universe is they this group of people due to an emergency end up on a very ancient spaceship millions of light years away from earth like several galaxies away from earth and they have no way to get back because the ship's old, it's kind of fallen apart. And it's kind of like that that desert island kind of thing. You've got this group of people, not all of them are supposed to be there, and they have to kind of figure out how to survive. And there's obviously conflict within the group because there's no clear structure, this wasn't planned. And that's why I like the extended cut for the first episode, because it adds additional character development for some of the cast, because there's a lot of characters. And some of them don't really get characterized too well until, like, later episodes. But that initial extended cut adds more, like, valuable characterization to these these people who are trapped on this ship. Um, but the reason I bring it up here is I finally finished the series. I've watched the first season a bunch. The second season, I they didn't release a Blu-ray for. And they never did. I guess it wasn't as popular. So I never bought the DVD because I was like, I was hoping that they'd release like a complete Blu-ray. And they also had the second season on Amazon Prime. But again, fuck you, Amazon Prime. They took the series off Prime, so I couldn't watch it. Not only did they take it off Prime, I couldn't even buy it because they said it's no longer available. They, they, They lost the license completely for some reason. So I had to buy the DVD. So anyway, it came... I watched it, I finally finished the series, and it ends on a cliffhanger because they didn't know that the series was going to end. But they did something I thought was brilliant. They, because they knew they weren't going to get like a standalone movie, they knew they weren't going to get a new season, they released a comic book series that finishes and ties up all the, the remaining plot threads. And I'm in the middle of reading that right now. That was the other series I was going to talk about. Any initial thoughts on that kind of brief and a bit disjointed synopsis? Blue, did I lose you? Oh, I think I did. Hold on. Hold on. I know I realized what went wrong. I'm sorry, Blue. Give me one second. It, this is this is my fault that none of you can hear him right now. Um, technical difficulties right here. All right, they can hear you now, Blue. Okay, cool. Did they catch that scream? Scream? No. Okay. Because <laughs> is, is that what you were doing? <laughs> um. Anyway, so like, yeah. Any any thoughts on that that kind of disjointed synopsis? 
Yes, so two things. Um, first of all, I've forgotten the first thing. Second thing, uh, the when it goes when when a story goes and uh, gives more backstory to a character, I like it sometimes, but only if they do it with only like a couple of characters. So uh, I know we bring it up quite often, but mm. Bleach, yeah, brilliant series, but they. A number of flashbacks. So frustrating. <laughs> In the middle of like an intense, interesting combat where you're like, oh, I can't wait to see who wins. It's like watching a game of, well, I'd say like watching a game of football, but I don't like football. But watching an intense sports match and you're rooting for your team and then the freaking half-time ads come on and they last half an hour. <laughs> Uh, I it's, can, yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's just really frustrating. Um, and don't get me wrong, I would like to hear a bit of backstory, but I don't want full. I don't want too much backstory, and especially not if it's backstory that has happened prior to the to what you already know. See, I because that stuff's dumb. I I think this harkens back to something that we were talking about during one of the test case podcasts. We were talking about uh, Count of Monte Cristo, the book. And the book for um, um, that wasn't a test case. That was last episode. Guys. Was it really last episode? I don't know. Yeah. It's been a week. That's a long time for me. <laughs> anyway, so they, I think that that is a good, like uh, a good bit of writing advice, at least to like modern audiences. Is they can only handle so much characterization because in those books, um, at least in Monte Cristo, like a new character shows up and it's like. This is the the Earl of this random place, and here's his peerage. And oh, by the way, and we're gonna talk for like eighteen paragraphs about you know his mother and his relationship with the court and all this other. And they do that for every character. Yeah, this I, is I, before TV though, where it, you could just yeah. see everything and be like, bam! It is. Stories become a lot faster the moment you put them on TV, and so people have got a lot less patient over the years. I think. That's true, and I think that's one of the reasons why those older books are more difficult to kind of get through for, for modern audiences. But when you're talking about, like, a TV show, I agree with you. You have to... You can characterize, like, 18 different characters and go deep into their backstory, but you have to do it over the course of time. It can't be, mm. like, episode one. Let's characterize everyone. Yeah. You, it has to be episode one. Here are the key core characters. Let's characterize, you know, A, B, and C. Episode two, mm. let's get a little bit more into D. Episode three, maybe a little bit more into E and F. Like, pace pace the characterization. Um, yeah. And if executed correctly, I think that can be a very, very good way to do storytelling. Mm. Um, uh, um, yeah. The other point I was going to make about what you've been saying... Oh, God, I forgot again... Um, write it down next time yeah alright I got my notes sorry you just continue I'll fill <laughs> um, so there, there was um, I'm going to completely switch uh, topics while you think of this um, and talk about a kind of a long standing book series and I'm less talking about the book series because we're talking about ways to do storytelling now we've, we've moved on to that talking about the TV show um, I've been reading 
the books from uh, the Horus Heresy, which is a derivative of the Warhammer 40k universe. It takes yeah. place 10,000 years before the the setting of Warhammer 40k. Uh, when you know humanity is spread across the stars, it's retaking old planets, and a essentially a civil war starts between you know humanity. I actually and, heard mm-hmm. what's probably so I'm not going to say what it is mm-hmm. a spoiler for Horus Heresy. I've been trying uh, this morning. It's so well established that there's there's spoilers everywhere and they're dropped casually. I've been trying very hard to avoid most of them. But yes. the the reason I brought it up was less because of the story and more because of the way it's told in the books. Because right. there are there's something like fifty three or fifty four books in this series at this point. Obviously not all one author. They actually have so they have They're not all Dan Abner. No, 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 no. He he tells like the first one and I think like the seventh one or something like that. Oh. Um but you know the, the other they switch it out there's a bunch of different authors and they all have a kind of a different voice um mm. you know what you're guessing with each one sort of and some only show up for one book so you end up with a very different feel in a lot of uh in a lot of books like the one i'm on right now feels more like a kind of a, uh, a medieval fairy tale of a knight's quest almost and then there right. was one i read earlier in the series which read more like uh, a book about you know espionage and intrigue and mm. there was another one. and so they they all have different feels to them and i think they executed it fairly well because the one that felt like espionage and intrigue and like it really told that kind of story well was a book that focused on the Alpha Legion, which their specialty is subterfuge and you know deception and spy spycraft. Um, the one that felt like a knight's quest was one that was actually written about a legion that started on a kind of a medieval planet. They, like their technology had regressed to the point where they were essentially living in a feudal society. A feudal society that also had, you know, machine guns, but still a feudal society. Yeah. Can I? All right, I'm gonna try my damnedest not to suggest anything. All right, I'm gonna be very vague about it. Okay. Have you got to a point where the two leaders meet in combat? No, I have not. Okay, I will shut the fuck up. I. But when so... you do get to that point, which will probably be in like 50 books, so it's never gonna happen. <laughs> You tell me. It's it's taken me two years to get through the first ten books. I'm on I'm on either book nine or Jeez. ten right now. Man, I could catch up with you in that if that's the pace you're going. Well, the thing is, I'm also reading other books at the same time. I mm. I'm I'm a bit of a prolific reader. Right now, I'm in the middle of three books. They're all on my coffee table. That's kind of my relaxy sci-fi book. Um, I've got a history yeah. book that I'm reading, and I've got a philosophy book that I'm reading. I also have an audio book that I'm in the middle of that I only listen to when I'm running. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get back into, uh, well, audible and running. Mm. I, just, I can't concentrate on both at the same time. I, yeah, I don't like missing anything in a book, so I can't do something other than... Like, I, I have to focus on one, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I So, this is the last thing. We're... we're, we're we're coming to the end of the media segment now. Um, 
Do you remember the point that you were going to make, or no? <laughs> okay, then we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, I think no, I did have one one more point. You were talking about running and reading, or running and listening mm -hmm. to audiobooks. I've found that the when I run, the way for me to get the best times and the best pace, the perfect thing for me to listen to is not music. It's not like any you know, like a maybe a podcast or something like that. Is the, the thing that I like to listen to the most, that I have the most success with, is just a boring, bland, slow-paced, monotone, like, kind of audiobook. Like, something on economics or history. Because right. I find Probably I keep a nice, more, steady pace. More, like, something that kind of seeps into you rather than is listened to. <laughs> it's something, you know, like yeah. People put, like, language lessons on while they sleep. Yeah. It's like a calm ambiance teach them how to speak French or some shit. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Does that actually work? It, well, I'm not sure necessarily if it works, but personally, I've... I... You know what? Let's let's save this conversation until segment three, because that's, that's, okay. our, that's our rambly segment. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just to, to wrap this up, we, we did kind of get a little bit off in the weeds, but this is the end of segment two, where we discuss uh, different types of media. Um, today it was mostly talking about or quoting the Blues Brothers, but you know, that's the type of media. Um, if you're listening to this on a weekday, then you probably are going to be coming to the end of the segment. But if you're listening to it on a Saturday in the complete format, we'll only be gone for probably a few moments. Uh, again, either way, thank you for listening and uh, hope you come back soon. Alright, welcome back to episode, th well, no, segment three of episode, <laughs> the first, second episode, this is what we're talking about, the numbering system <laughs> is fucked. This is segment three of yep. episode two of the full podcast, but episode five overall because of the test cases. We need to so figure that to clarify, out. This will be the last segment for the people listening to the segments. And listening to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I screwed that up last time. Um, yes, so if you are listening on uh, you know, Friday then or to the individual segment, this is the third segment of the podcast. But if you're listening on Saturday to the entire thing, then this is also the last segment. Um, mm -hmm. As I stated last time, only to realize halfway through the statement that it was redundant. This is the last <laughs> segment, no matter what. Uh, so the idea behind this segment, where the first two we have some sort of a structure to it, the last one is going to be sort of a wild card. Sometimes we'll have ideas for what to do on here. We actually had a potential one earlier in segment one. Um, if did you we? hadn't heard it, yes, we did about uh, certain audiobooks uh, potentially listening to. Oh right, yes, that one. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> But today, it's kind of just uh, freeform because we didn't have anything in particular planned for this segment. So I want to open up just by uh, coming back to uh, a story that I kind of started telling during one of the earlier segments that didn't really... It wasn't really relevant then, but I, d I don't want to just you know kind of leave it out in the ether. Uh, and that's, that's concerning the first time I came to the UK uh, and had that ridiculous oh. car. Um, mm. So anyone who... <laughs> Has been to the UK or has seen pictures of its roads know that uh, knows that it's it's uh, a bit a bit of a squeeze. 
smaller roads, especially when you're in maybe the countryside. Uh, well, actually, even yeah. in the city, it's terrible. I'm glad I didn't try to drive in London. But they gave me... Well... well so in the, in the countryside around here, you mm -hmm. get far higher speed limits. So people fucking fly down the country <laughs> lane. And there are like... There, there's there's yeah. so many blind corners. And it's just... It's dangerous. I had so much fun doing that too. When we, I drove out to Stonehenge with uh, one of with Raymond, and um, it was just like two lanes, tiny roads, nothing but grass on either side, hilly terrain, sixty mile an hour speed limit. I had so mm. much fun driving on that road. Raymond nearly shat himself, um, but that's that's neither here nor there. So, what I kind of alluded to, and you were making fun of me for, is I wasn't given this car. When I originally booked this trip uh, to take like a vacation over there, uh, I was going to just book like a normal hatchback, small car for the whole time I was there. Realized I only needed the car for basically a day and a half total. And so the rest of the time when I was going to be in London, I didn't need the car. I didn't want the car because I would have had to drive in London. Glad I didn't do that. But when I rebooked mm -hmm. the car to get the larger or to get the uh, to say I only want a few days, and they were going to give me my money back. They're like, oh, but, you know, you could upgrade to a better car, and you'd still get some money back. And they didn't tell me what the better car was. They just said a better car. And so I was like, oh, yeah, sure, do that. That's how you pitch a sale to an American. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, do that. And so I get there, and the car, the car was so long, it didn't fit in almost every parking space. Like, there's, there are hilarious pictures um, that came out of this where... I, I've parked this car in a normal car park in the UK and the the back foot and a half of the car is sticking out of the parking space. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Ooh, but... ooh. Are you going to include a picture in the in the podcast this time? And yeah. are you actually going to remember to put it in this time? I uh, uh, uh. I am looking at the timestamp right now and I am okay. noting it down so <laughs> I remember to put a picture of the car in there. No. But yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting thing. But I, I didn't want to leave that story hanging because I know I mentioned it earlier, but I didn't yeah. actually want to go into that rant <laughs> during yeah. that segment. I mean, I have, well, what what um yeah, no, oh, okay. You know what? Actually, Sorry. you know what would be a really fun. Uh, let's I, I've, unless you have something that you were about to say. I was going to say what will be a really fun uh, improv theme for this segment three is uh, UK and US differences. Well, I was going to say because the, the topic you started this with is actually kind of matches up pretty well with the general topic I had in mind, and that is uh, world travel. Okay, let's go. Uh, and that's because um, earlier today, as you know, my, um, my brother and his... Uh, my sister-in-law mm. were over, and I don't think they realized this quite. But every time they talk about Japan, yeah, it makes me really want to go to Japan. Yeah, and uh, I... like some of the stories that they came back with. What are you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say, and yeah, I was just there. Ah, <laughs> right, yeah. So they, the, I think the last time, last time I was talking to them about it, they were talking about. This is the, the main thing that stuck in my head. They were talking about a bar, or set of bars, I'm not sure. Yeah. Where it's like a, an all-you-can-eat, but all-you-can-drink 
So you put in a very, it was a pretty darn cheap price. I think it was, and uh, it was like seven pounds for a man and like five pounds for a lady, hmm. which is, we won't get into that. But <laughs> very interesting if, I wonder what, if I like, and then stuffed some balls at my jersey, whether I could get away with it. Uh, <laughs> oh no, cheap scare or anything, but like the idea of an hour of as many drinks as I want, and we're talking like spirits here. Oh, to me, as a, I'm not an ex-alcoholic, but like, <laughs> I've had enough drinks in my time. That is just temptation beyond res- resistance. I, like, I, I, I would be curious to see if they put a limitation on what things. I guess if it's mixed drinks, it doesn't matter. That that wouldn't be mm. maybe such a good deal for me because I actually like, you know, I, I like. Yeah, the, I like my whiskeys, and I like them to be like the the nicer varieties, like you know, a, a scotch or something like that, and not like you know, not like a cheap scotch. I do too. It's just I find that the faster I, oh, uh, I sound really bad. The faster I drink, the more communicative and talkative and sociable I am. And so generally, the first drink or two are down pretty fast. Not because I'm like, I'm not purposefully thinking oh, I've got to drink to be sociable at all. I'm quite a sociable person. You're but, s- or at least for someone in England, I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but, saying something. Because, God, you're, you're like, ridiculously sociable. It's worrying how sociable you are. I don't understand it. It's a voodoo fucking magic. Um, but yeah, like, oh, in an hour, I reckon I could get through about if I really put my, you know, nose to the grindstone, I could get through probably six drinks, six rums, obviously being doubles, so about 12 shots, maybe, maybe five, I don't know. I, I reckon if I was pushing myself, I could get through a drink per 10 minutes, and that would be done for the rest of the night. I would just be happy as Larry for at least like an hour or two after that. Yeah, yeah, you you um, get yourself set up, and that, but I mean, like six or seven pounds, I'm like, yeah, that is that. Is, to be fair, that is a very, um, that's a that's a pretty incredible rate if you're talking about, because if you go out to like a restaurant or a bar here, um, the equivalent of that, something like nine or ten dollars, you're maybe gonna get like two beers. <laughs> And uh, that's it. Or or one drink that has some kind of a spirit in it. In my case, you know, if I was going to get a whiskey rocks at a bar, that's yeah. going to be that's going to run me at least like ten bucks in the U.S. Um, right. At least for a decent. Uh, yeah, because you, know, you drink whiskey. very differently. It's like the whole culture of bars over there is pretty different to how it is here, like between America and the U.K. That I did um, notice that going over there. Yeah, the whole tab system. That's pretty alien to us over here. Maybe we just don't trust people enough over here. <laughs> that was something, but, yeah, I, I noticed that going to Europe, uh, too, like, not just the UK, but mm. going to mainland Europe, it was like, you know, you, you pay, the drinks are paid for up front. Yeah. Um, and it's not like you can take them out of the building. You have to drink your drinks inside the building, so it's not like you just pay and fuck off out the door. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I not sure, because my memory is bad. If I were to go over to the America now, because I haven't been brought up in that manner of like mm. paying tab, I would be afraid that I'd just be like, I've already paid for my drink, I've finished it, I'm gonna it's a, there'd be people who remind you, there, there are people, because 
I'm sure the bouncer would after a, <laughs> so, a knuckle sandwich. We should clarify that that's, that's specifically talking about getting drinks at bars. If you go into a restaurant, there still is a tab over there, right? Like, you'd still get your bill at the end of the meal, correct? Yeah, you still get it at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to verify that. I was I. That's how I remembered it, but I wanted to be sure. Mm. Um, oh God, you and your mustard habits. But we'll get into that in a minute. I love mustard. But yeah, go on. Oh no 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 no! no. I thought you were going on with the point that you were making. Oh no no! That so that was the, that was the end of it. Yeah, that is a very big difference here. Like everything here is like a tab. There's very few places I can think of like fast food, or like. Uh, like a sub shop or a sandwich place or like a cafe mm. those places you might pay up front um, if you're just gonna like go up to the counter buy something and then go and sit down in the area that is there there are places like that but they're very specific kinds of places you go to a bar yeah. you go to a restaurant something any place that it's like you know sit down and eat kind of place or sit down and drink um, yeah you get a tab at the end yeah I feel like that would make people... If you have a tab at the end, I feel like that would make people drink less. Because they're constantly thinking, alright, this total is going up every time. <laughs> In England, you pay straight over the bar. Like You, you, you could forget money. how much you paid before you go back to your table. <laughs> the money's already gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. It's not your problem anymore. Um, well, yeah, I feel like if... if I, cause On my, my worst drinking nights, I could spend over £100. And so, so, that's like $120? To be uh, fair, one um, night of drinking. To be fair, when I was in Japan, um, they had the hotel I was staying at. Beautiful hotel. It was in the middle of Tokyo in uh, mm. Shinjuku. And they had a bar on the rooftop. It was, it was like a lounge. And you could order mm -hmm. drinks up there. I literally, I, I spent about, what is it, like um, 10,000 yen, which is about uh, about $90. But that was mm. that was three drinks because I was I was ordering like Jesus. This, it was a nice whiskey and also there was a huge markup because it was downtown Tokyo in a fancy hotel. Yeah. So no. I, there's that that level of clarification. The the most expensive drinks I've bought the the one local to me the most mm. expensive drink I bought has been uh, a zombie. Which I'm sure I've talked to you about this before. You haven't uh, actually. That's a that's a drink that um, there's actually a, a a girl I dated that I think drank those. Like that was her favorite. Mixer. Really? That's yeah. that's that's a dangerous girl. <laughs> so a, a zombie is uh, I think it's three or four different kinds of rum with a bit of fruit juices and stuff like that. It's very very strong. And um, in the city that I live in, there's about. Actually, on one night, I found three different places that serve them. Other than that, I can't find them. It's very rare to come across them. Um, and they all taste slightly different. I think there is an official recipe somewhere, but... Yeah. Yes, it's a very strong drink. It costs about £10. So that's $12. Yeah, yeah, they're about... Um, but probably for alcohol to money straight amount, most expensive drink I've definitely had is in London. Um, oh my god! I ordered a. I was just in a bar with a friend who lived in London, and I ordered a drink. And where I lived at the time uh, in Bournemouth, uh, you would get a pitcher. Um, so that's like what, four pints or something. Yeah, thereabouts. Um, for like 
six, seven pounds. Uh, and it was like blue curaco and lemonade and it was quite it was a fairly strong cocktail as far as they go, but it wasn't it wasn't strong, strong. I, I would literally hold it by the pitcher and drink it straight from the pitcher. I remember you did that uh, when um when we came to visit you down in, right. in that area. Um Yeah. So I was used to this being like seven pounds for a pitcher. Hmm. And I had I was in London, I saw a drink that I recognized again, I said, Okay, I'll have that. They put this tiny little freaking like whiskey glass on the table with with a, like a, <laughs> a third of a pint or something of this stuff in it. It's the exact same stuff. And it cost eight pounds. I, I feel something that, that needs to be clarified here, by the way, we're talking about you're talking about pints. Um, this is another, you know, cultural difference. Oh here. yeah, the, a U.S. pint is sixteen ounces. A British pint is twenty ounces. Oh, yeah. Your your pints are actually twenty five percent bigger than <laughs> we ours. get more out of a pint. <laughs> That's why I never understood um, what I remember somebody talking about, like wanting, like hating how they couldn't get a proper pint in the U.S. And I never understood right. it until I went over there. I was like, these beers seem bigger. <laughs> Man, maybe that's why we're such alcoholics. <laughs> I say it like I, I'm. Yeah, it's it's not a problem. Yeah, there's um, uh, what was uh, well, something you were saying uh, in that that sentence reminded me of uh, another. This is this has become, you know, cultural. It's just too easy over here to get drink. I think because especially because the drinking age in America is twenty one. It is. It is. Yeah. Over here, it's eighteen. Isn't it 16 for some things? Uh, it's 16 if you're at a restaurant and your yeah. parents are there. That's, that's what I thought. So that that's another like little bit of a misconception in the U.S. Is it is 21, but that's to... The universal one is you cannot buy liquor yourself if you are under the age of 21. But there are mm. some states that allow like that at restaurants if you're 18, you're with like, family or something like that. Um, it can be like 18 and you can buy like beer or wine or there are other states I think uh, it's Colorado if mm. you are 16 or above and at culinary school you're allowed to drink wine yeah um, mm. little there's little nuances there the, the, it's <laughs> it's 21 but not a lot of people in the US know there's um, there are exceptions to the rule mm. uh, but yeah either way it's it's a very different uh, Largely because of the history of prohibition, the U.S. has a very different relationship to alcohol than a lot of Europe. Yeah, I think the only countries on Earth that have more restrictive alcohol laws than us are in the Middle East. Right. Um, I think they're the only they're, they're the ones that do allow alcohol also have the age of twenty-one. Um, but across the rest of the world, I think Japan is close. They have some quite dubious laws in the Middle East. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. let's not get into geopolitics, but Japan. I um, mean, this is meant to be about travel, and it's turned into alcohol talk. I feel like this happens every week. We end up talking about alcohol. We used to a dedicated freaking alcohol segment. Well, th that but not and, today. Yeah, I know that was one thing that we did discuss, and I'll I'll bring this up again. I think I mentioned it in one of the earlier segments. An idea we had for this third segment was doing like a tasting of some kind of alcohol, and then just kind of discussing. Hmm. Um, 
but I, I think it's because it's it's something that both of us actually are fairly passionate about. We have tastes regarding it. it yeah. When we were talking about dieting and cooking in one of the other episodes, I was mentioning that like I had a coworker who was really into like having the best notes artisanal spices. Yeah, notes of just like they <laughs> they loved this particular kind of spice yeah. and their food just wasn't right without it. Me, I don't have that kind of a palate, so I don't care. But I'm mm. very particular about like the whiskey I drink. I want it to be like of a like I I have my favorite whiskeys are uh, the really smoky, peaty Isla scotches because they have that a very rich flavor and they're they're bitter. They have this this you know warm harshness to them that I really like. Kaiser, um, save it. <laughs> Control your urge. <laughs> What save save this for a future podcast? Is that what you're talking? Save it about? for the yeah, having the alcohol conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, going back to the the world travel, then like in another uh, concept, mm. you, we were talking about Japan, and we you kind of got off uh, talking about that that yeah. bar that your brother had gone to. Um, mm. I never found somewhere like that, but I I found two other things. One was that, and I'm not sure if this is everyone, but the the they had a whiskey bar in the hotel, a whiskey and cigar lounge, they called it. And mm. Japan still Is it allows in where? Japan. Japan, yeah. Japan still allows indoor smoking in uh, most places, uh, like most bars. Uh, they don't in restaurants anymore. So, but actually, some restaurants they do too. I went to a restaurant for lunch one day when I was there, and they had ashtrays where there was a dude that was playing Pokemon Go in the corner while smoking and drinking a beer. <laughs> that's and, such a what demographic is that? <laughs> I I don't know, but that that was what I saw for lunch. Um, and, but then like the the hotel like they whiskey and cigar lounge they had there. I went down there. I was reading a book and you know having a whiskey. The bar actually had a lowered floor, so no matter where you were sit, like you were sitting low to the ground, but the bartender always was below your head height. Right. Like they were even lower to the ground. And I'm not sure if that was on purpose. Like they, they there's a lot of there's a lot of cultural like. Japan was one of the first places I went to where I seriously noticed like cultural differences. Um, mm. Well, one of the big things about Japan, which brings, which a strong part of the reason why everyone in our groups kind of talk about it so much, is that it's such a a leading figure in the the gaming and anime industry, uh, and in the merchandise industry. Like I don't, I can't imagine any other. I can't think of any other place on the planet that has that kind of influence. Hello Kitty plastered all over the front of its <laughs> storefronts. Uh, my brother showed me a picture today of a, a storefront which was literally the whole storefront was Hello Kitty's face. I God, I went to, when I was over there. I went to Akihabara for a bit, which is supposed to be like kind of the nerd capital of Tokyo. Right. I was embarrassed getting off the train. <laughs> like there were yeah. oh you a, said about the things on the skyscrapers didn't the, you there was a skyscraper that like from top to it's like, I say skyscraper it was it was probably only about 10 to 20 stories but okay. it was it just a giant anime girl in a miniskirt plastered across the side of the Oof. skyscraper yeah. and just like I got I was embarrassed walking down the street I'm like holy shit this is too nerdy for even me mm. um, um but yeah they, it's I, very different sorry. cultural uh cultural feel when you go over there yeah something my uh something he also mentioned there was that um 
Sorry, it's because this is fresh in my mind that I'm talking about this so much. No, no, it's it's yeah. this is this is where we just talk. One thing that I brought up before the podcast, and I said I'll kind of save it for mm. then, was a a store called Super Potato. Oh yeah, uh, which is a really weird name for a store, but maybe it's like it sounds better in Japanese or something. I don't know. What Super Potato? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a store dedicated to retro games. And apparently he went in there and jokingly was like, I wonder if they have this game that was not actually released in England at all. And they just, they had it. It was a GameCube game, which, um, yeah, it wasn't sold at all in England. I don't know what reason for. Uh, and so it's like some kind of super limited edition thing. That they just had. Uh, and so I'm curious about like what all the, like all the other games that you you hear a lot about games that come out in Japan but nowhere else, um, and particularly older games, there's, there's more, there's that added thing of you, you remember um, probably some aspect of it when you were growing up, played a similar game to it, and you're like, oh, I wish I had that. Yeah. Like the, the original Pokemon games, for example, you could they probably have all of the original Pokemon games I haven't already sold out. I, I don't remember if I told you this uh, story or not, but I definitely haven't told it on the podcast. Uh, so I, I I played a lot of the Pokemon games. I loved the like the Game Boy and the DS Pokemon games. I was wait like they they were going to release Pokemon Black and White, but mm. they weren't going to release them in the U.S. until like 2010. This was this was probably like 2008 or 2009. They'd already been released in Japan, but it was going to be another year till they come out in the U.S. Yeah, I managed to get my hands on the Japanese Pokemon white or black I don't remember which one and I played through the entire game in Japanese I had no idea what the hell was going on <laughs> I couldn't read anything it's but... like Skyrim you don't need to read it you just need to go bonk the thing on the head well when somebody tells you to get a certain item you kind of need to know what that item uh, is <laughs> so there, well. were, there was a little bit of stumbling where I tried to figure it out but I played through the whole game in in that way yeah there aren't many fetch quests in that game. It's mostly just go to gym, fight yeah. through the wild, go to gym. Yeah, fight catch Final catch four. this critter, train them, and then you know fight them against yeah. this guy's critters. Um, Teabag Brock, you know, all <laughs> the important achievements. Oh, Brock! <laughs> did he ever end up, you know, finding true love, or did he just keep hitting on every woman he saw? I didn't really, I didn't really watch the Pokemon TV series. Ne neither do um, I. Me. I haven't watched it I since I was like ten. Have that channel as a kid. Um, yeah, we had CBBC, but that was about it when I was young. Oh God! Didn't right. have the Disney Channel. So we're we're coming up not on the end here. We're about six or seven minutes away from where I think we should probably finish. Let's let's okay. try to like finish strong. Find a topic, something that we can you know talk about. Something um, maybe story. Maybe something that uh, you know can can bring us home. You got any ideas? Uh, there is a game that was a um, suggested to me, and I mean when I give you the synopsis of it, you can decide whether it's good enough or not. Mm. Uh, which was described as Guild Wars, if you remember what that game is. Yeah, I played like. it. Yeah, Guild Wars, um, by the way, being an MMO, a free-to-play MMO kind of. Medieval themed, but with dragons. Yeah. So Guild Wars, but imagine if it were an anime. So if you're in a town or city, 
there's people budging everywhere, as you get with any MMO. Yeah. The moment you go out into the wild, unless you're with a party, you don't see any other people. That's uh, coming out relatively soon. I've suggested to try that out. Interesting. I mean, uh, MMOs have always been... Well, that's, that's something I can kind of go on. MMOs have always been kind of hit or miss for me. Uh, I can only yeah. think of two MMOs that I ever played enough to make it to late game. Um, okay. One was uh, Fantasy Star Online. No, sorry, Fantasy Star Universe. Fantasy Star Online was an early MMO for the PC and the Dreamcast uh, that was mm. later released for the Xbox. Um, I played that a decent amount, but Fantasy Star Universe was out for the Xbox 360, um, and it was again like a kind of a light MMO. It was a console MMO. But me and my high school friends played it all the time. We played it all the way to late game, had multiple characters, really got into the game. Uh, the other one was Star Wars The Old Republic. And that one I only played for so long because I was really into the KOTOR games, Knights of the Old Republic, the single player ones. And this mm -hmm. was kind of a soft continuation of those games, even though it was set about 300 years after the second one. Um, and I mostly played it solo. Like, I didn't join guilds or clans or anything, but I played through it, and um, I enjoyed the story enough to keep me going through all the grind and, and whatnot in that game. So yeah. when I hear, like, brand new MMO and it's along these sorts of lines, except it's this, it just... MMOs need to have a certain thing to kind of hook me in. I, I'm trying to get into ESO with you guys, Elder Scrolls Online, and the yeah. only reason I think I probably could get into it is because I really loved Oblivion and Morrowind and Skyrim. So, mm. you know, I could probably get into that. It's Elder Scrolls is a game that I've, as you've seen, I've played a lot. I don't think I would recommend it to anyone, though. I feel like the quest... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm one of these terrible people who skips dialogue because <laughs> there are so many... I've been playing that game... Like try hard levels of just mashing through the text, and there is a lot of text um, just to get the actual gameplay. And I've been doing that for like two weeks now. No, more than two. Weeks. It's been almost a month. Jesus. Yeah, we've been playing and it for a while. I am only about a quarter of the way through quests, and that's only like the main story quest. There's so many side quests and other things you can do, so it really is a massive. I don't say waste of time, but a waste of time. <laughs> um, I I don't really play MMOs. Uh, I never played World of Warcraft, which was a big one back in the day. I was always a RuneScape. Is RuneScape an MMO? I, I think by the strictest definition, it probably is. Right. I don't really classify it. It's, it's completely different to any other MMO you really see out there. Um, and the only other... The only real... MMO I've played previously is Guild Wars, and that was when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, Rune, RuneScape's which... a game that I don't really know anything about because the only, actually, the only thing I really know about it is people I didn't like in high school played it, <laughs> <laughs> and so that kind of poisoned the game for me. So I never even tried yeah. it. It's something that you had to play as a kid if you want to enjoy it now. I think it's yeah. you, you got. I, I love the old graphics, the really really low polygon count graphics I think it's iconic but if I were coming into it in this day and age I would be like wow that looks 
awful. Also, I don't understand any of the things because there are so much like playing League of Legends. If you started playing it early on, you got to know it, and as it progressed, you'd learn new things slowly as it yeah. released. Coming into it these days, I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Everyone else in the game knows exactly what they're doing. I feel like that's the same with RuneScape. There are so many new things in RuneScape that a new player would be absolutely boggled by what they think they want to do and how they would go about doing it. Like, that, even I've got to look up wikis of every quest. That is the problem with coming into a game late in its life cycle. Is you, yeah, like what we're talking specific, like live service kind of games. Mm. You get in there and there's already this, every month also. Yeah, there's already this established meta. There's already all these characters that everyone else seems to know, and you yeah. you're playing catch up ball. You have to really put in the hours to catch up. And mm. as as a kid, I probably would have been able to do that. As an adult, I'm like, I don't have time for this shit. Right. <laughs> like that's part of the reason I don't do PvP on Elder Scrolls is because people will kick my ass in two hits because. They've researched the uh, the perfect way to, to ambush someone, and I don't. I just want to do PVE. I just want to fight computer generated enemies that are matched to my level, so I can feel good when I get a kill. <laughs> I will never get a kill in PVE. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I played ESO on the Xbox when it first came out. And I did the PvP back then. I still mm. like barely got anything done. It was a clusterfuck. But, yeah, it was not great. I don't know. We're we're getting off in the weeds. We're talking about uh, MMOs there uh, at the end. Mm. They, they they're kind of like they they're a taste, an acquired taste. Some of them really hit people. Some of them don't. Um, yeah. But either way, we're coming up on the end here. We've actually managed to keep ourselves close to the time on every single segment today. I think yeah, this is a sign. We we rambled a little bit more than usual, but this is I think a sign that we're. Uh, Maybe becoming a little bit more professional. You think so? Yeah, the ramblers. Uh, <laughs> we, every single topic goes off into some weird category eventually. Uh, but that's half the fun. If you that's yeah. something you like, then hey, keep listening because it's going to keep happening. <laughs> yeah. All right, gonna do a quick outro here. Um, any final thoughts, Blue? Before I close things out. Uh, well, I mean, just kind of a. a, a a question to everyone listening, if you are listening. Um, we Every time we hear feedback on this kind of stuff, we, we love to hear it. We love doing this anyway. We, we just chat shit all the time. Um, if people do have any ideas, particularly around names for the, the, the show and yeah. uh, possible segments that you want to see in the future, we would love to hear that. Yeah, any... Yeah. Any feedback? Otherwise, we'll just welcome. ramble like we have been doing. Which, again, if you enjoy that, we're going to keep going. That that's at least going Absolutely. to be part of the podcast. I don't think topics is going anywhere. That I think that's that's yeah. our most comfortable segment. But yeah, and if, if you want have... to be like Scott and just be like, no, that's a terrible fucking idea. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. I love you, dude. Uh, tell us yeah. as well because it's interesting. Any any feedback we get is welcome, and we will do our best to keep improving this thing um, in the way mm. that people who listen to this want it to be improved. Um, yeah. Unless we don't like your ideas, in which case, fuck them. But you know. <laughs> All right. 
Well, that's that. Um, this brings us to the end of the third and final segment. Um, whether or not you're listening on Friday or Saturday, this is the end of the podcast. I got it right that time. Um, Yay! Thank you again for listening. If you, indeed you have listened to this all the way to the end of the podcast, you know we greatly appreciate Congratulations. it. Congratulations! <laughs> because dear God, how did you tolerate this? Uh, we'll be back again next week with another one of these. Um, so uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and we will talk to Enjoy you again soon. <laughs>